Bachelor Life with Brent and Jeff. Right, this is the altar life with Brent and Jeff. How are you this evening? I'm fine. Thanks for asking. No problem. <laughs> I am a courteous gent. <laughs> yes, you are. We're so thankful for you joining us tonight as we continue on in our final. I'm like, continue on in our final series. Uh, this is the famous last word series. We're taking a look at the words that Jesus spoke while he was on the cross in his final hours. Tonight, we're going to look at Jesus's words to his mother and to John the apostle. A word of connection is what we're talking about tonight. Thanks for being with us this evening, focusing on Jesus' famous last words. You know, he didn't say very many things when he was on the cross. And, um, you know, when we look at all the things he did say, we're focusing in on the series on seven phrases, um, few words in each of those phrases, and um, the weight and impact that those words had to us and, and what they what they meant and signified and how we should apply those things to our lives. And tonight it's interesting that one of those few things that he says is, is something that he says to his mom <laughs> and, uh, and to John here, and um, who John calls himself um, the disciple that Jesus loved. And so he talks to these two people who, who Jesus really loves dearly, probably, you know, from an earthly standpoint, some of the closest relationships he had, in a, you know, from a human perspective. Um, and and talks to them while he's hanging on the cross. That's a remark. Just just to start there and just think about the scene for a minute. You know, he's hanging on the cross. He's in a significant amount of pain. He's been beaten beyond human recognition. Where you looked at his face, you wouldn't recognize who he was. And um, you know, when he looks down to to some people, and of course, there's mockers and there's. All that going, that whole scene going on with people, you know, spitting on him and dividing up his garments and casting lots and just like the complete and utter disrespect of the world um, to the Savior who's hanging on the cross for our sins. And in the midst of all that chaos, Jesus locks eyes with his mom. He locks eyes with the the disciple whom he loved. It says, you know, John. And um, you know, he locks eyes with them and he and he makes a connection. You know, from that from that zeroes in and he has something to say you know and just the the overwhelming sense of humanity there you know you know if you if you were there hanging on the cross and you and there's all this stuff was going on to seek out the two and i wanted to comfort him a little bit just to see the two people that he loved you know um i don't know but just the amount of emotion there in in the eyes and the eyes locking that's what we're going to be talking about tonight as we continue so keep it locked right here Uh, Why don't we read the verses really quick Uh, from John chapter 19, verse 25. It says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his home, to his own home. I'm sorry. So you get the picture here that most people fled. And, you know, we're going to talk about that next week um, when Jesus is forsaken at the cross. But Jesus looks down, as Brent said, and these are the closest relationships he had, you know, his mother and John. And I let, John doesn't even name himself. He just says, you know, I was lucky enough to have Jesus love me. And that's how I want to be identified. I'm just a guy who was called worthy of the love of Christ. <laughs> that's that's pretty simple. Hmm. And um, 
he look he looks at the the few people that actually stayed to see this. You know, we know that Peter denied and is off weeping right now. Judas obviously betrays Jesus and kills himself. And it says, you know, you strike the shepherd and the the sheep scatter, and that's what's happened here. And that's a that's a fulfillment of prophecy that he would be left alone basically. And then there's these two people that have this close bond with him and Jesus wants you know he doesn't think about his own situation he wants to provide for his mother in his darkest hour that's just a remarkable thing you know we all need love <laughs> isn't that true yeah. and John you know I love what you said there just John the, the apostle that Jesus loved you know that's how he referred to himself and you know when you look over at Mary and I'm not a mom um Although we just went through a few weeks back Mother's Day and celebrated <laughs> moms, you know, but you look at, you look, you know, I'm not a mom and I don't understand, but I am a dad and I look at, I know my kids and, and I love them and they haven't done anything to earn my love. I love them um, for who they are, you know, the fact that they're my kids and, um, you know, the more I see them and, and learn about them and learn of them and um, see their failures and their, their triumphs, you know. Um, my heart grows closer to them and I, my love grows more and more as, as I just, you know, continue to, to continue to build the love and relationship I have with my kids over the years as they're getting older. And here's Mary, you know, seen his, seen Jesus, you know, from beginning of his life all the way till now and to see her son on the cross and what that meant emotionally must have been crazy. Yeah. And I think we, Mary has been treated with either too much respect or not enough respect over the history of the church. Um, you have one side that elevates her to a godlike status and almost makes her like a female god. You know, like in all the pagan religions that have the male and female deities. It almost seems like that's what's happened there, where we have to go through Mary to get to Jesus. You know, maybe when she was young and Jesus was a baby, she's like, hey, you need to go through me. You don't talk, you know, maybe it was like a real protective mother scenario, but. When he's a grown man and he's the Messiah of the world, you don't yeah. have to go through it. Jesus tore the temple veil. Why would he put his mom in place of it? You know, <laughs> this makes sense. But but then you have on the other side, the people that want to overcompensate for that that level of uh, idol worship, for, for lack of a better term, that they denigrate her and make her like she's just some random woman that God just picked out of nowhere and she doesn't have any reason to be, um, you know, respected or, in, you know, have any lauding for or praise given to her just as a person not in a a worship type sense but just like wow what a great example and this next song that we're going to play is a song by cool hand luke that's from their of man cd and it's sung from mary's perspective after having just watched her son die and um calling to mind all the prophecies that were given to her at the time when she was you know visited by the angel and and elizabeth prophesied over her when she visited her and it's a really cool song so just to get in the perspective of what Mary must have felt like uh, when she's watching this and then have her son say, hey, I'm going to provide for you even in my death. That's pretty remarkable. Thanks for listening to our friends Brent and Jeff on the Ultra Life. They rock! Right, that was everything, Apron Full of Stains by the Normals. That's an old song, but you know what? I, I love that song. Um, just reminds us how important it is to be compassionate, compassionate for the down and out, you know, and... Um, to look for the hurting soul, the, the one that needs compassion. And we all need compassion. And, um, you know, it's amazing to me, as we've been talking about Mary and this scene on the cross as Jesus is 
looking down at his mom and that he would have a thought <laughs> that wasn't a selfish one you know yeah he's the one hanging on the cross he's the one that's been beaten and yet he's concerned about his mom's well-being he's concerned about what's going to happen um as he leaves the earth i'm sure he was the one responsible to care for his mom being the oldest son um but you know and his, his dad not earthly dad not being around going you know you know there's practical needs here that need to be me taken care of and i'm going to take care of my mom even in this my darkest hour it's just remarkable the altar life with brent and jeff all right that was dc talk wanna be loved before that you heard like it love it need it can't have an altar life episode without throwing some dc <laughs> talk in there Brent's just glad I didn't pick a Petra song. So <laughs> I am. That is that is very true. <laughs> Don't be surprised if they show up in the future. <laughs> It'd be beyond belief, wouldn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of another well-known Petra song title to make a, another pun, but it didn't work out for me. That's yeah. okay. Uh, we are here in part three of our Famous Last Words series as we continue to race towards the finish line of our radio show here we're just so thankful for everybody tuning in and um, stay up to date with us as we finish off this series and like us on facebook for the time being and all that good stuff but um, we're looking at jesus provision for his mother by connecting him with john the apostle and uh, you know if you look at the scripture the emphasis that jesus puts on widows and orphans it, you know it's it's a recurring theme it's not to be taken lightly, I don't think. And, uh, you know, pure, James, the brother of John of Jesus, says, pure and undefiled religion is to take care of the widows and orphans. That's a paraphrase. But how do we show that we have been changed by the cross of Christ and by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? It's to make the body of Christ a welcoming place, a place where widows and orphans are cared for. And, you know, not to just talk about like a social gospel where we're, you know, we're going to come in and just take care of the poor and the widows and the orphans. And that, that makes up for our Christianity, which, you know, sometimes people get that way. They just do good works and, mm-hmm. you know, just do a lot of like food banks and stuff. And that's their Christianity. And, you know, not putting that down, but the emphasis is not in the right place when it, when it's only based on that kind of stuff. But there is something to be said for, you know, the, Jesus dying on the cross you think he would as Brent said you think he would take one moment to think about his own scenario his own situation here but he doesn't and I've been really convicted by this recently is thinking like we spend so much time thinking about getting ourselves right you know what I mean and we forget that there's people out there that have needs and you know we're worried about fixing ourselves up and you know how am I doing with God and how which is really important and we should do that but there are so many people that are hurting that have nothing and we just kind of forget about them while we're too busy working on ourselves. So I think it's important that Jesus sets this example from the cross that he's looking to others and how he can help even in that darkest time. We're just so thankful you're with us this evening as we're just looking at this amazing part of scripture. Um, you know, just looking at Jesus's love and compassion and and the real, you know, humanly earthly relationships that he had and, and the love he had for his mom and, and his friends and um, so anyway, I hope you keep it locked right here. We have some more music for you. This is a great song by Inhabited, a song to the fatherless. Unbelievable. The this is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, it's time for our unbelievable segment this week. 
as we talk about the connection of a mother and son and family and the body of Christ. And, you know, we had mentioned before our unbelievable segments for this last series. We're going to give you a sneak peek or behind the scenes look at, at what it's been like to do this show for some almost seven years. And uh, Brent, we were talking about during the break, the impact that this show has had on our family. Uh, you know, from the time that it started and our family consisted of us and our wives. And now what we look at with five kids between us and just the the many meetings that we've had in the last six and a half, seven years is pretty remarkable and how we've our families have been knit together just by us doing this show. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it blows my mind actually to think about what can happen in seven years, you know. <laughs> it's like going from no kids to a gaggle of three. <laughs> a gaggle. <laughs> I have three. Jeff, you have two. Yeah. And it's just interesting to see. All boys. Yeah. <laughs> Five no, boys. No girls. Crazy. God knows us. <laughs> um, and it's just been neat to see, you know, we've both changed houses. Uh, yeah. We've both had kids. We've both... We both moved. had crazy, yeah. you know, church changes. Like, there's just been <laughs> ministry changes. Like, there's just been so much in our lives that we've gone through. Um, many ups, many downs in seven years. You know, you, you kind of run the full, the full gamut of of stuff. And um, what's been neat, I think, through it all for me anyway, has just been the fact that we've been able to. Um, have a time where we get together every other week, you know, it turns out to be, yeah. and um, sit down and just open the word together and talk about it with everyone who's listening now. Yeah. And um, we, you know, we, we kind of hope that other people are blessed, but we definitely know we are, you yeah. know, after the, t- the time's been done, um, just to see what God does through just opening his word and the faithfulness of meeting together and, and going through that and how that relationship just has kind of meant so much and Keeping us grounded, you yeah. know, through those times. Yeah, I definitely think if it wasn't for this radio show keeping me connected in the word and with you and with just ministry and all, and in general, even when I wasn't actively involved in like church ministry, um, it's really been amazing. I just see it as like this was my my lifeline, you know what I mean, to to the spirit and to, to doing my own Bible study and, and forcing me to get in the word. Um, and I feel like that's what God puts those people in our lives, you know, talking about connection. And that's what we're, we're talking about tonight. There are people in our lives that if you don't have a deep relationship with them where you can just break open the word and talk about it, then ask God. He's more than willing to provide it for you. As we see on the cross, he's mm-hmm. more than willing to provide. And that's what I feel like with Brett, with you, is that I don't really have a lot of people that I just sit down, open the word and just talk about the Bible for three hours with and then say, Oh yeah, have a good night. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but I feel like that is what happens with us. And even, I feel like it would happen even if we weren't doing the show at this point, because it's so familiar right. and so, I mean, open book. It's a well-worn path. Yeah. We're open books and we have an open book. You know what I mean? Like that's what it seems like. So, you know, we, we talked about, it. we're going to continue to do the radio show just without the radio show, but like just getting together and, and fellowshipping and, and doing, you know, Bible study and stuff like that. Um, but that's it's been an important part of the show, and I feel like one of the reasons why it, we've stuck at it for so long, you yep. know, and I think that why God's blessed it is because of the humility that we've approached it. So. Says glory, man. Praise the Lord. Yep. The altar life with Brent and Jeff. All right, that was jars of clay. Show you love, Jeff. Show yeah. love. Yep. Don't be so mean. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, we're we're looking at you know again Jesus with his mom and 
um, him speaking and making provision for his mom to be cared for after he left the earth. And um, as I was saying, you know, if I was Jesus, um, I, I, you know, little things happen to me of my discomfort and I like obsess over it, you know, and I'm so self-centered, you know, something a little bit happens. I'm annoyed. I'm a little uncomfortable. And I, you know, we all have gotten those little things where like the little itchy rash in your, in your skin, you're like, ah, what is that? And you just like, can't stop thinking about it. And it's like an obsession for you. And everyone else is annoying because you're annoyed in general. (laughs) And that's, that's, that's me, you know, that's what (laughs) selfish old me is like. And here's Jesus, you know, I have, there's no, nothing that could happen to me in this world that would compare to what he went through. And now he's sitting there on the cross and he's looking at his mom and, you know, he's thinking about him leaving and he's, you know, the gospel is, as Jeff said, you know, the gospel is caring for the widows and the orphans. And here he is about to leave his mom, a widow, um, high and dry and how he, notices that and sees the hurt i'm sure and the pain in her eyes as he as she's looking at jesus on the cross you know and he's turning around and saying hey john care for my mom behold here's their new relationship that's going to make get you through and uh that's just remarkable all right that was kings and queens by audio adrenaline before that you heard seeker gotta love that audio adrenaline with kevin max Woo! You mean the Kevin Max band? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kevin Max Adrenaline, which is what I get every time I hear his songs. I hear that voice, that high tenor with the vibrato. Uh, it's good. It's good stuff. Sickening. <laughs> um, those last two songs are cool because they talk about you know, orphans and how God is a father to the fatherless. And I just wanted to read that passage of scripture. Psalm 68 verse 5 it says a father of the fatherless a defender of widows is god in his holy habitation god sets the solitary in families he brings out those who are bound into prosperity i just think that's really cool because this 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 chapter in psalms and jesus is fulfilling it when it says he sets the solitary in families you know mary for for as much as we can tell joseph isn't on the scene anymore he's probably passed on um, and now Jesus is, and they're, you know, if it wasn't the father, it was the, the older brother's responsibility to take care of the mother, you know, um, and for God to say, you know, I set the solitary in families. He, he's providing a family for him, for his own mother. And when we look at ourselves and let's get practical here, you know, we, we call ourselves the body of Christ. And, and the reason we call, call ourselves that is because we you know christ is our head and we are his hands and feet now you know on the earth and how can we be the body of christ if we are not causing you know or or establishing a family relationship with those that are weak that are widows that are orphans and reaching out to those that need that that need that relationship and that's going to be what draws them to the cross and um you know, I, I think as a as a church, sometimes we get, like I said before, we get so caught up in what we're doing as a church and what we're doing as Christians that we forget the main point, which is to bring people together. That you know, we looked at in Ephesians when we went through there is that it was when God uh, sent Jesus, Jesus' death brought down the walls of separation and united believers together. And I, you know, I'm convicted that there's people in the church that I don't like. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that person's so annoying. Like, that just shouldn't be an option in my opinion. The altar life. 
Music, truth, real, period. All right, that was Carry Me to the Cross by Cutlass. And, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking about family, you know, the body of Christ, you know, is a place where people who don't have a family and on earth um, should be a place where those types of folks um, find a family. And, you know, I'm thankful just in my own life. There's been times where my own family was less comfortable to be in than, uh, than the family that God provided for me in the church. And, um, you know, I really appreciate the relationships and the brothers and sisters in Christ that have surrounded me at times when I've needed encouragement or I've needed to, you know, where I felt alone and they've been there for me. Um, you know, I, I look at that and I say, you know, isn't, isn't that the heart of Christ? You know, and you know that it's the heart of Christ because he did that in his darkest hour. He was, you know, putting families together and, you know, mending and, and caring for the needs of those whom he loved. And um, isn't that isn't that what the, our life should be all about, as Jeff was saying? You know, I look at that and I think, you know, there's so often our, our churches spend money and resources to serve the poor and to check the soup kitchen box or whatever it is to do our good deed for the month. And we lose sight of the heart of Christ, which is, you know, yes, it's about caring for the needs of the, of the but it's, it goes deeper than that. It's a love, it's a relationship. It's a, you know, acceptance. It's a, you know, I'll pray for you. I'll build you up. I'm going to be there for you. Even when it's not fun for me, <laughs> um, even when it's not convenient. And that's just convicting by for me as well, because I know that my selfish heart would prefer to have it in a box where I check my couple hours of good deeds for the day and move on to my next thing for the day that I want to do. Um, and that's not the heart of Christ. You know, he's sitting here definitely not convenient on the cross for him. And yet he's caring um, for those he loved and doing the right thing by them. So that's just an awesome encouragement for tonight. That was Love's Taken Over by Voda. And that's what I feel like right now. I feel like love's taking over this show. Boom. Anyway. <laughs> like Matter of fact, I don't care. If you don't feel love's taking over, there's something wrong with you. Because I feel it. And I just laid the smack down. Um, but seriously, I was. <laughs> this has been an eye-opening show for me because we. I think we get so familiar with the Bible that we forget what the Bible says. And... As I'm looking at this, I see so many instances where the Bible talks about widows specifically and um, and orphans. And Jesus said when he was telling the disciples that he was going to go away, but he said that he was going to send the Spirit, the Comforter, and he would not leave us as orphans, his, his disciples. Um, and I think back to you know the first time he raised somebody from the dead, it was for the widow of Nain that was her only son. So you think about that, and you're like, oh, well, then he raised the son so that the widow would have that man there to provide for her, and that the son would be there. If, if not widows back in those days, they were just always destitute. They didn't have social security or welfare or anything like that. It was like, that was what the family did. They brought it in. And, and you look back with Elijah, when he's staying with the widow, and her son dies, and Elijah goes in and prays for him and does the whole thing, and raises him from the dead there's so many instances where you have a widow and you have an only son or you, you know that god pays special attention to what the widow is doing okay. um the widow to with the two mites saying that she gave all that she had 
you know, just I challenge you, go and look up widow in the Bible and you'll see there's so many things. And there's just one Isaiah chapter one, you know, the verses that we're so familiar with about come now, let us reason together that your sins are like scarlet. They shall be white as snow. They are red like crimson. They shall be white as wool. The verse, is, the verse right before that is, Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. And then he says, come now, let us reason together. You know, like, it's not an accident that that's there. I feel like there's a, there's a connection here, not just because it's a word of connection. And that's what the topic is. Um, the importance that God is trying to, to show us that he provides for those that think they have nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he's here for. And that's what he did. But ultimately, that's what he did when he was on the cross. He provided a way for us to have a fam, be welcomed into the family of God. But now that we're in the family of God, what are we doing to welcome other believers and to make them feel like they are a part of the family of God? I think that's the challenge for tonight. Yeah, I was just thinking as Jeff, you were talking on that last segment. I was just thinking about the Beatitudes, you know, and the promise that, Blessed are the poor in spare, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the widow. Blessed are the orphan. Because God's God's heart is with you. You know, the humble. He's He's with the humble. And um, tonight, you know, as we look at this and we just make application for our life, you know, I, I just want to encourage us all, and including myself. You know, I'm the first in line that's a failure at this. You know, the heart of Christ is not where our hearts are most of the time. The heart of Christ is with those that are down and out and the less fortunate. And, you know, my heart is with whatever's going to bring me the next, you know, pleasure or whatever it is, whatever's going to make me more comfortable. And, uh, you know, a challenge tonight is just to look at look at this and take Jesus' lead and say, you know, Lord, show me your heart and give me more of your heart that I can see and, and perceive past my own selfishness into the heart you know of of those that are less fortunate and be able to be perceptive of that on a daily basis i'm so not you know i miss probably 99 percent of what god would want me to see because my eyes are focused on myself and not focused on where his heart is and um you know so if we you know i'm just been encouraged tonight just to continue to ask the lord to show me where his heart and where my heart doesn't match his and, um, and it makes me want to praise him because, you know, he's on the cross and he's caring for me when he could be most selfish. So with that, until next week, be cool cats. I'll live for Christ.